Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. What makes for a great vacation? Depends on who you ask. Are you looking to get away or bring everyone together? Do you want to get outside and play or see a play at the plate? Fortunately, however you operate, I'm the destination you've been looking for. The name's Missouri, but you can call me Mo. And I have just one question. What's your M.O.? To find your M.O., tap now. Or for information on safe travel, come see me at visitmo.com. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. As Heavy.com's lead NFL writer, he is Zach Kelberman. Zach, I can't believe, dude, as we were heading into the weekend, you forgot to remind, bring it to the attention of yours truly, that (laughs) you were crossing another B-Day, bro. There was a reason for that, Chad. It it was a milestone for me that I've been struggling with for a few months now on a a lighter side. But, you know, 30 years old, a big 3-0. Yeah, uh, it's it's definitely a different place in my life. I feel much older, much wiser now. So it's a a quick upgrade from 29, like you told me it would be. It's all downhill from here, bro, in the best sense of the phrase. It's all downhill. Looking forward to it. (laughs) Well, yeah, happy birthday. Be late. Appreciate you. Thank you. <clears throat> Let's. Uh, we got a lot to get to today. Some some news, some happenings from the Denver Broncos over the weekend. But first, a quick reminder to everybody: if you're new to the show, make sure you're following the Huddle Up Podcast on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. That's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. If you're new on YouTube, make sure you're subscribing. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to comment. And if you like what you hear, share it out there on social media iTunes, same deal. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating and a creative review. Fantasy football fans, listen up. Do you want to join the biggest NFL season-long tournament ever? Of course you do. If you love fantasy football, and we know that you do, then you need to enter the $3.5 million Best Ball Championship on Draft.com. That's right, $3.5 million in real money. It's freaking huge. Here's one thing. I've, I've been playing on, on Draft.com for a couple of years now as a fantasy football player. And one thing that I love, I absolutely love about Draft, 
is it's season long, but with no management. You set it and then you forget it. So in other words, instead of agonizing game in and game out over which player to start, who to sit, they do that for you. Now, it makes it a lot easier. You're always going to get the most efficient lineup uh, going against your, your opponent week in and week out. It just allows you to be the best possible owner uh, as it relates to fantasy football. And then you can, again, this $3.5 million in real money, just do a draft and you could be a millionaire. Think about it. 16 weeks later. It just doesn't get any easier than that. It's a real opportunity. It's fun. And it's a real opportunity for you to get your foot in the door financially and really make some money. You know, if you, you go make $3.5 million playing fantasy football, probably pretty good chance you're never going to have to work again. So go to Draft and check that out. For limited time only, you can get a free entry into the Best Ball Championship when you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code HUDDLE. That's right. A free shot at a million dollars just by using our promo code HUDDLE when you make your first deposit on Draft. Just search Draft in the App Store. It's easy to do. Or go to Draft.com and come play for free with promo code HUDDLE. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. All right, Zach, let's touch on real quick, a lot to get to today, but let's get to, first and foremost, kind of an injury roundup. Now, we did not address this on Friday, so let's touch on it now. The Denver Broncos went into the Hall of Fame game, eked out a W, but it came at a cost. Both linebacker Joe Jones and defensive lineman Billy Wynn suffered what the team believes on both cases were partially torn uh, triceps. Now, Billy Wynn has already been placed on injured reserve to make room for Theo Riddick. Joe Jones, as I reported on on Sunday for our, our readers, he's still kind of in the wind. Even Fangio, you know, that's unclear exactly what the injury is, according to Fangio, but he's going to, quote, definitely be out a few weeks. So let's start with Billy Wynn here. Zach, how do you suppose this injury and thus him now being on IR is going to affect things on the defensive line? I don't think it affects anything too differently, and I wasn't ever a big fan of the Billy Wynn re-signing, Chad. I mean, he was a, a good rotational player a few years ago, but he's proven to be injury-prone, and what a surprise he comes back and gets hurt again. Seems like he's a nice guy, seems like he's a good dude, but he cannot stay on the field, so if you can't you know, can't make the club in the tub is what they say, and it's true for him. It just it clears a path to me, I would think, more time for Demarcus Walker, more time for Draymond Jones, and you know what? That's what they need right now. They need those reps. They need to blossom. We saw it against the Falcons. If they are on the field, they can make plays. So I hate to say it, but the win injury ultimately could prove beneficial for the Broncos, some of the younger players on defense. It definitely was. A, we talked about it when it happened on the pod, but it definitely was just weird. Kind of caught us off guard when the Broncos re-signed Billy Wynn after he spent an entire year out of football after missing the entirety of 2017 with a torn ACL. So it was two years in a row he basically did not play football. They re-signed him, 
And it's unfortunate for him. I think the writing's on the wall if you're Billy Wynn. Your brain, your mind is telling you you want to play football, but your body clearly telling you no more. No mas. So happy trails to Billy Wynn. It's probably the last we're going to see him as it relates to the Denver Broncos. But actually, now that I say that, Zach, didn't he sign a two-year deal when he returned? Or am I confusing that with Zach Kerr? I, it might have been Zach Kerr. It might have been the original deal that Wynn signed a few years ago. I think it was a one-year deal. I think it was the veteran's minimum. It couldn't have been that big of a commitment from the Broncos. All right, let's talk more about it seems to be anyway. It's going to have a little bit more of an impact because Joe Jones, you know, he was making some hay with this additional opportunity with Todd Davis going down with that calf injury on day one of training camp. He saw some additional opportunities with the first-team defense along with guys like Alexander Johnson, uh, the undrafted rookie Josh Watson, Keyshawn Bieria has seen some increased opportunities. But what I liked hearing and what I was told about Joe Jones is that unlike a lot of his brethren there at off-ball linebacker, the way he was separating himself, Zach, was as a coverage guy. Now, we already know what he brings to the table as a special teams maven. I mean, he was one of the best special teams players the Broncos had in 2018. So they're going to need that aspect of him. But I was really looking forward to what he might be able to do on defense this year, and that kind of gave him a little bit of a, a window with Todd Davis going down. But, however, it's looking like late August, probably at best, till he has availability again for the Denver Broncos. Two questions for you. Do you think this puts his roster spot in doubt? And who do you think is going to kind of be the next man up to to step in for, for Joe Jones? Well, unlike the win injury, this one actually impacts the Denver defense and, and, this, and the special teams where he thrived, as you said, Chad. Um, I think in doubt is a strong word because he's done so well and he can be a multifaceted player. It definitely doesn't help him. I would think that his roster spot would come down to how well his backups play now in his absence. So Alexander Johnson, Josh Watson, uh, those kind of players on defense, I think we'll get the first rep. Justin Holland's in there too. Whoever stands out from that pack, will be the guy they go to as the direct backup to Josie Jewell. I think still, uh, you know, all things being equal, which they're not right now, I think it'll be Joe Jones. But if those other players behind them start to blossom, and I like Alexander Johnson. I think, to me, he had a great game chat against the Falcons. He was knifing in there. He was making plays. If he can continue to step up, then, yeah, it could look like maybe Fangio will go a little lighter and maybe keep another player, and that would mean Joe Jones is on the chopping block. Yeah, I hope not because, you know, I might be uh, the leader in the – the Joe Jones fan club, you know, house. But I just think he brings something to the table that no other current Bronco linebacker does in terms of what he can offer you in coverage. So hopefully he heals up. And I think because his special teams acumen, you know, he's he's about as valuable as a fourth linebacker as you can get in the NFL. So I think uh, as long as his injury prognosis is feasible, I think he'll still – his path to the roster is still pretty secure – but if, you know, he undergoes further testing, which it sounds like is what's happening because Fangio couldn't say for sure exactly the extent of the injury when he spoke following Sunday's practice. <clears throat> if he goes in and finds out there's a lot more going on, he misses more time or misses a quarter or needs to go on pup or something like that, then I could see something maybe uh, the Broncos having to turn the page there. But let's, uh, you know, one thing too real quick, Zach, before we jump to some of the other storylines here, you know, we, um, I want to remind everybody when we put a call out for the Mile High Mailbag, we, you guys hear that episode Friday morning, but we actually record it Thursday evening, and we usually record it about 6 p.m. Mountain Time, local time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So what that means is 
If you haven't submitted a question, whether it's on YouTube or Twitter, in time on the threads, the appropriate threads, we're going to miss it. We're not going to see it because we'll have already recorded the episode. So that's just a reminder for everybody. But, Zach, we missed a question from a VIP subscriber from the old site, Stuart Posternak. Um, he is obviously he's following us over to the new site with the Maven. And, by the way, we got some new stuff coming there for premium subscribers. I'm going to graft all of our VIPs into that. So stay tuned for more on that. But we got to take this question real quick because we are your football priests. And each and every week, we're going to offer you that absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions. And Zach, this one here from Stuart, it really, once again, is kind of touching on an open nerve. Uh, He says here, why are fans not more aware of all the great NFL quarterbacks? Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Who had both rough preseason games and terrible first starts. Don't they see that Drew Locke was just a few feet away from hitting on some big bombs and finding the open man? Don't they remember even Tom Brady having rough preseason games? So this kind of speaks to the drastic overreaction that I've seen in probably, I don't know, a third of the fan base really overreacting with regard to Drew Locke not looking great in his you know his his opener. He didn't uh, look terrible, but he just didn't look great. And again, with all the recent stuff with Paxton Lynch and things not working out <clears throat> with uh, Brock Osweiler, I can understand why fans are a little bit uh, you know on edge about Drew Locke. But what's your answer here for Stewart? I, I can't believe we're still talking about this, Chad. I mean, the guy did not come in and throw five interceptions. He did not have that bad of a game. Did he take a sack that he shouldn't have took? Yeah. Did he miss a couple deep balls? Yeah. He was a little erratic. But again, I say it for the fourth time in the last couple of pods. He is a raw quarterback. Everyone knew this going into the draft process. The Broncos got a guy they don't want touching the field for real until 2020 at the soonest. There's a reason for that. He's going to take time. He has to get worked before he gets better but to me his debut was much better than a lot of people are making it out to be he didn't come in and sing up the place it wasn't the worst performance in nfl history there were no butt fumbles no nathan peterman moments he's gonna be good just be patient and don't overreact anyone who calls him a bust after his first preseason game again i question your football fandom and your football knowledge 
here's the thing to keep in mind, okay? Drew Locke, the biggest thing that separates him from Paxton Lynch isn't so much physical ability, size, skill set. It's the intangible aspects. Okay, Paxton Lynch was not the brightest light bulb. Let's just face it. Anytime you saw him at the podium, anytime he was put into the public scrutiny, whether it was TV promos, he's just a goofball, right? He was just a goofy dude, not uh, the brightest guy. And when it came to football knowledge, when it came to work ethic, when it came to character leadership traits, it all followed that same um, you know, precedent in terms of him just not being a sharp guy. Drew Locke, on the other hand, is completely different. This is a guy that has you know, confidence. He has leadership capability. He cares about his job. He cares about the fact that you know, he's a high-round pick. He might not have been a first-round pick, but he fully recognizes what his being the number 42 overall pick to the Denver Broncos, what that means to the Denver Broncos, what that means to the fans. And he's embracing it, okay? he's. But at the same time, the flip side of that coin, everybody, and I'm speaking to those of you who have still concerns about Drew Locke, the thing you got to keep in mind is, you know, he's the all-time winningest quarterback, I believe now, uh, in SEC history. But he had a lot of inconsistencies. Zach, you hit on the word erratic. You know, there were that's one of the frustrating things for those of us who really study tape and are students of the game. When you watch Drew Locke, He's just, at times, maddeningly inconsistent. Now, he might have two or three games stretch where he's money. You know, he is consistent. But then he'll go back and forth with games and plays on a play-by-play basis sometimes where he'll look like, you know, the second coming of Patrick Mahomes and then on the next play, you know, take a sack or, you know, throw the ball wildly off off target. And so it's just going to take time. You have to pump the brakes on drawing any conclusions from what you saw in that first game. And even Vic Fangio. Zach, let's read this quote from Fangio. Um, on Sunday, of course, the Broncos had practice. They're getting ready for their next preseason game, which is Thursday night against the Seattle Seahawks. And here is what Vic Fangio had to say. He was asked once again about Drew Locke. He said, quote, Like I said after the game, I was hoping for more, but not surprised by his play. He's a rookie playing in a pro system that he didn't play in in college, and he's not ready yet. But that doesn't mean he won't be ready in two weeks from now, three weeks from now, or four weeks from now. All these quarterbacks are different about how they adapt and become an NFL quarterback. He's not there yet, but that's to be expected, Zach. Yeah, and you know, anyone who brings up Pax Lynch, I understand that you're snake bitten by that. I understand he was a bust, but these are two different prospects. Drew Locke's arm talent is no contest, no comparison, and it's it's two different leagues, two different levels, two different universes. Pax Lynch cannot hold a candle as a quarterback prospect to Drew Locke. And it's ironic, Chad, because against the Seahawks, guess who plays for the Seahawks now? Mr. Tall himself, Paxton Lynch. Right, so right. a little bit of a reunion there. Yeah. Uh, it's it's Fans need to be patient. He's not going to be Paxton Lynch. He's going to be a very good quarterback in this league. Just give him time. Part of the reason why Lynch busted is because the Broncos threw him in there. They did not develop him correctly. They had no idea what they were doing. They were going to do it the right way with Drew Locke, and they're going to reap the rewards, hopefully as soon as next year. One last thing I want to say on this. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I can. we can talk about him being erratic we can talk about some of his inconsistencies and shortcomings, but I don't want to touch on those things and not also mention on the tangible side of his, his traits the phenomenal skill that he does have. I mean, you guys saw. If you go back and watch that game, you and even if you don't go back and watch it, think back to watching the game, he's got a freaking gun 
on his yep. right shoulder. That dude's arm is unbelievable. He's got athleticism coming out the wazoo as well. So he's going to have some escapability. He's going to have some wiggle. And he's got the arm. So what that means is he just needs everything else to slow down. The biggest thing that jumped out to me from that first game, Zach, is that the game is still very fast for him. He's still uploading the buffer thing when you when you're going from one page to another on the internet and you you got a crappy connection or whatever and you get the buffer sign that's what's happening right now you know there's so much information upload going on with him making the jump from that really basic college spread system to this system under rich scangarello he's buffering his brain is buffering right now so you just got to give him time Patrick Mahomes' brain was buffering his rookie year, and the Chiefs gave him time. And look at the rewards they're reaping now. That's just the process of developing a quarterback. Some are more ahead of it than others, Chad. Some have a faster connection. Some have DSL. Others are still on dial-up. Drew Locke has dial-up, but it won't be long until he upgrades. He has the arm talent. And one thing about him and Paxton Lynch, he has that it factor. He has that charisma, that leadership. You never saw that for a second from Lynch. Nope. You've already seen it with Drew Locke, the first guy on the field. He's rallying his teammates. He is ingratiating himself on the locker room. He's learning from Joe Flacco. They are two different prospects completely. The Broncos will get it right, and Locke will prove all these people wrong that are already giving up on him after his first preseason game chad it is completely asinine to me all right well that's going to cover it i think for uh, for stewart today we still have a couple <laughs> other stories we want to touch on first though we got to take a quick break we'll be right back this is the overtime podcast network not long ago everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl not anymore the biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names clothes identities and bodies Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, Zach, let's touch on just really quickly a topic that I wanted to bring to your attention and discuss really quickly. Demarcus Walker, who had a very strong performance in the preseason opener, after the game, you know, went uh, bragging, and I think he was just excited, and we all know that he is a living legend in his own mind. Just look at his Twitter account. And he was excited that he was able to get home and get a sack and have a pretty strong and consistent performance in the opener. So he went and found his head coach and his defensive play caller to bring to his attention hey man i hope you saw how freaking awesome i was and fangio thought it was cute whatever but he didn't quite want to give him his props when he was asked bluntly at the podium following the game who jumped out to him he only mentioned 
uh, Draymond Jones and Jawan Winfrey, right? He had to specifically be asked about Demarcus Walker in order to comment, and that's when we got that little anecdote about Walker coming up to him all excited. Well, first time for us to hear from Vic Fangio was Sunday since the game, and he was asked after watching the film if Demarcus Walker had as good a game as Walker told Fangio that he did. And here's what Fangio said, quote, I think he exaggerated a little bit, and he kind of chuckles. It wasn't bad, but he had me thinking he was getting nominated for Canton. It was good, but not great, close quote. Zach, what kind of psychological game do you think Fangio's playing here with Demarcus Walker? Because this is a scenario where you might be thinking, you know what, give the guy his credit, give him a little bit of love for having himself a good game. But Fangio's not quite getting there. He's getting there a step or two in that direction, but then he's pulling back, not going quite all the way to tell Demarcus Walker he had a great game. Well, as I wrote today, it seemed like his play uh, kind of closed the gap between him him and Draymond Jones, and then his mouth widened it again. I don't know why, given Vic Fangio's style and given the culture he's instilling, why he would go up and quote-unquote talk smack to your head coach. I understand being excited and and being passionate and having uh, you know, being overzealous, but not with Vic Fangio. It doesn't fly. Even if you're doing it as a joke, he's just a no BS kind of guy. So it, it's, it comes down to me for maturity, Chad, and it's something they've mentioned a couple times this offseason, and that was his biggest thing. That was his his uh, Achilles heel with the last coaching staff. He couldn't get on the field partly because of his immaturity issues. Living legend hits on that perfectly. It's not wise to me. I mean, he made a couple nice plays, but he doesn't have this regime, no allegiance to him at all. They didn't draft him. They drafted Draymond Jones. Draymond Jones is a better scheme fit ultimately. So Demarcus Walker has an uphill battle. He needs to keep his mouth shut as far as I'm concerned, make plays, and don't talk smack to your coach. Psychologically, this should motivate him. And if he can't handle this, if this weakens his his psyche even more, then he's not cut out to play in the NFL, and he's certainly not cut out to be a second-round pick who's going to help the Broncos this year. By the way, quick aside, obviously if you want to make sure you're staying on top of Zach's writings, just follow him on Twitter. He's going to tweet out the links when he publishes a new story every day. But you can also go to heavy.com to find his works. Click on sports, go to the NFL, you're going to see everything that Zach publishes there. So if you want to stay in touch with everything Zach's writing, that's how you do it. Now back to the conversation with Demarcus Walker. You know, Bill Parcells was known as a master manipulator with his players and his coaches. Okay, He was just very good at kind of slow rolling the long game in terms of getting a player from where he is now to where Parcells wanted him to be without that player necessarily knowing that's what Parcells was trying to do. And from a psychological perspective, I think in his own way, that's what Fangio's doing here. Walker is a very... Um, you know, self-confident, arrogant, whatever you want to say. That's just kind of his, his mentality. And a lot of NFL players are. That's kind of how you have to be to be an elite player uh, to even make it to the NFL. And then, of course, many players take it even above and beyond that in the NFL. And Walker's one of those guys. Problem is, his play up to this point in two full seasons in the NFL as a second-round pick is just not commensurate with that, you know, self-image that he has. And so Fangio, I think, recognizes that. I think he, he, he pinpointed that pretty early when he stepped into this job. And him kind of slow rolling Walker, not giving him the gratification, not completely, you know, complimenting him, etc., is his way of trying to mine and milk and get the best performance possible out of Walker. 
It's it's a great comparison, Chad, between Fangio and, and Bill Parcells. A lot of Parcells and Fangio, two very, very, very old school men, both in football and in life itself. And like I said, if, if he's motivating him and he does it, he's testing him right now and Walker fails that test, it's no skin off the Broncos' nose. They have Draymond Jones. They have a talented defensive line. He's a bonus for them right now. It seems like when he's on the field, Chad Walker, he makes plays. He gets to the quarterback. He gets to the backfield. But I don't know. When I heard after the game that Vic Fangio admitted himself that Walker was talking smack to him, it just seemed like it crossed the line from being confident to being a little too cocky. And a guy who lived off his career in Florida State – he should know by now in the NFL, it, your reputation doesn't precede you. He was moved to outside linebacker. He was wasted there. He had a, a wasted year last year as far as I'm concerned. He has all the pressure on him now. So just keep your mouth shut. Go to work and make plays. You will make this team. Just don't rattle the bee's nest and don't try to joke around with someone like Vic Fangio. It just doesn't fly with him. That's what I took out of that. Yeah. And I think that uh, that covers it. But it's just interesting to, and it's a it's a storyline to kind of monitor not just how well Demarcus Walker's doing in camp and is he going to make it and his competition kind of going head to head with Draymond Jones, but just this kind of psychological uh, pitch and catch that's going on right now, probably unbeknownst to Demarcus Walker though with Fangio. So uh, one other thing I want to touch on here, Zach, before we get out of here today is the Denver Broncos made another roster move on Sunday ahead of game week here against the Seahawks. They signed, I should say, re-signed Deion Sizer and waived wide receiver Jamarius Way. Now, Way, of course, I think a lot of fans didn't even know he was on the roster. He basically was one of these futures guys signed and wasn't making really any hay whatsoever. He did see plenty of snaps in the preseason opener against the Falcons, but just wasn't, I guess, cutting the mustard. Meanwhile, the Broncos originally signed Sizer following the draft as an undrafted college free agent. And, uh, you know, he spent the spring with the Denver Broncos. And I can't remember now off the top of my head, Zach, what the transaction was. But the Broncos, it might have been when they signed David Williams, actually, now that I think about it. But when uh, early on in camp, they cut him, they waived him. And now they're bringing him back. So Sizer, he's 6'4", he's 280, he's a rookie D lineman from Colorado State Pueblo. Played in 41 games during his collegiate career. He had 138 tackles, he had 10 sacks, he had a fumble recovery. And the Broncos are bringing him back in for another sniff. Yeah, from what I remember about Sizer, I think it was when they signed Nick Williams, they they released him the first time. It was just a corresponding roster move. And he's, I believe, from CSU. He's a local product, so... Uh, he's just a camp body as far as I'm concerned. They they put Billy Wynn on injured reserve or they're going to move him there. And this was just the corresponding move. I hate to say it, but Sizer just seems like a camp body. And uh, they have, you know, as we just talked about, behind Adam Gosses and, and behind Derek Wolf, they still have Marcus Walker. They still have Draymond Jones. They still have Zach Kerr, Shelby Harris. They have a lot of talent there. It doesn't bode well, uh, you know, personally for Sizer's roster chances. Well, we'll see how it shakes out. I mean, I think the best-case scenario for Sizer, just with how stacked that D-line is, right. is a practice squad spot, as you say. So we'll see. But uh, that's what took place over the weekend. And, uh, of course, we're tracking this. We're recording this Sunday evening. It's going to be a lot happening on Monday as the Broncos get back to work and, and prepare for the Seattle Seahawks on Thursday. And so we'll be back in the saddle with a fresh episode for you waiting on Tuesday. If there's any topics, anything you want us to touch on, Hit us up on social media, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on YouTube, and we'll do our best to accommodate you. But in the meantime, make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. You can find my partner here, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter, at KelbermanNFL. Myself, at Chad Ann Jensen. 
Stay tuned. We'll be back with a fresh pod for you tomorrow. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. Talk to you then. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.